Meep, meep. What? <laughs> meep, meep. What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> preparing to record our podcast. <laughs> By making stupid sounds? Oh, sorry. I have to practice what we preached in our empathy episode. Dave, mm-hmm. you're making sounds I don't understand. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just fine, but thanks for your concern. Meep, meep. Oh, geez. We agreed to do some rules we'd follow to help keep this podcast consistent and predictable. Why are we going off in some crazy direction with your beep beep sounds? Oh, contraire. Oh, here we go now with the French. (laughs) Hey, I'm following the rules and that's what I'd like to talk about today. Okay, I like that, but what's the beep beep thing about? It's all about following the rules. What rules? Meep meep. Well, for the love of us. Hi, I'm Dave, and I've been starting and running businesses all my life. And I'm Kelly, working for the man like a dog for decades. And you are you, the driven career professional clawing your way up the ladder of success. Maybe running your own business. The next 20 minutes or so is just for you. Welcome to My Job Here is Done. Welcome, and thanks a lot for taking a break to give us about 20 minutes of your time. I'm Kelly. And I'm a little confused. And I'm meet me, uh, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and we talk about career success and entrepreneurial business growth on this podcast. Please subscribe or follow us on your favorite app. We don't want you to miss any new episodes. And you can interact with Dave and me personally at our website, myjobhereisdone.com, and on social media at myjobpodcast. Why do we need so many sets of rules in our lives? Why? Why can't we just do the right thing and apply common sense and it'll just all work out? Uh, Sadly, no, it won't just all work out. Why? Because rules in society are needed to control the natural chaos of human existence. If left to our own devices, absent any rules or laws, each of us would act impulsively, unpredictably, and well... Chaotically. Well, let's go back to our early childhood and recall one of the first rules that we learned in school. Okay. That we've used actually throughout our entire lives in various ways. And in most cases, that is, and this rule proves Kelly's point on the natural tendency for humans to act in a chaotic manner. The rule is the raise your hand rule. Ah, back in the early school days, we were taught that if you wanted to speak, You should hold your thought, raise your hand, wait till the teacher recognized you. Imagine the chaos of a few dozen kids all shouting out thoughts at the same time. This is a soft rule. In other words, if somebody breaks this rule, they'll normally just get kind of a reminder from the teacher not to do it again, but there's no real penalty per se. Then there are hard rules or codified rules that may actually be laws. These hard rules have more dire consequences if they're broken, like driving a car on the wrong side of the road. Mm -hmm. You just can't do that safely. No one is expecting it from you. And if you do it, you can be arrested and fined and possibly have your driving privileges revoked. Here's another example of the need for rules at work. And we've talked about a bunch of these here on the podcast. The rule of non-discrimination. That rule sounds so basic and so natural to me that I wonder why we needed to codify that in the first place. You know why. You have a different view about that than perhaps someone else does. And that in and of itself is why we need the rules. But there's also a problem with rules. Rules are more and more often viewed as a personal restriction, 
unfairly oppressive and breakable. Hey, is this a society problem or a societal problem of today that wasn't present in past generations? Uh, Not really. If we go back about 3,900 years ago, when (laughs) Kelly's great-great-grandfather, Hammurabi, roamed (laughs) the land. All right, really, Dave? (laughs) Well, we've all heard the saying, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Mm -hmm. But did you know that that was actually a rule and part of one of the very early examples of law? When Kelly told me this, I was floored. We have a link in the show notes for you to learn more from the website ushistory.org. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth is a paraphrase of Hammurabi's Code, which was a collection of 282 laws inscribed on an upright stone pillar in the ancient city of Susa, which is in modern day Iran. Kelly's grandpa, Hammurabi, uh, which, <laughs> what are you laughing about, you know? My real grandpa's going to be pissed, but well, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Hammurabi ruled the Babylonian Empire in the latter part of 1700 BCE. And I actually had to look this up. BCE stands for Before Christian Era and is loosely related to the more common date range BC before Christ. Just as an interesting side note. And although Hammurabi was concerned with keeping order in his kingdom, this was not the only reason he was compelled to make his list of laws. When he began ruling the city of Babylon, he only had control of 50 square miles or so of territory. And like all good entrepreneurs, as he conquered other territories and the empire grew, he saw the need to unify the various groups he controlled. I'm not sure that associating a good entrepreneur of today with Hammurabi is a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) But Hammurabi keenly understood that to achieve this goal, he needed one universal set of laws for all the diverse peoples that he conquered. Well, we'll give you an example just to show that rules and laws go way back. And the theory of rule and law are based on control. Control Mm -hmm. used for good and control used for bad. But control nonetheless. And in business, control over processes, procedures, the way we act towards others, and how we get work done is essential for success. Meep, meep. What are you doing? (laughs) Well, first of all, believe it or not, I'm following a few rules. I'm afraid to ask. Well, one of those rules is a rule called copyright. Go on. So, as not to violate that rule, I am mimicking the sound of what is actually a very recognizable oral onomatopoeia. Hey Siri, what's an onomatopoeia? Onomatopoeia is the process of creating a word that phonetically imitates, resembles, or suggests the sound that it describes. Meep, meep. Ah, beep, beep from the Roadrunner cartoon. No, actually, it's meep, meep, and I'm not playing the exact sound that the Roadrunner made on the cartoon specifically because I don't have permission to use it under copyright laws. Oh, we all know that sounds so well brings back memories, but why are you bringing this up? Because it will illustrate a point on the need for rules, and there's a fascinating story behind meep, meep. Oh, boy. Do we find out that the coyote finally catches the roadrunner? Well, sorry to say, but actually the coyote is not allowed to catch the roadrunner. It's a rule. Are you kidding me? Hmm. I've been watching that cartoon forever, and there's a rule that the coyote can't catch the roadrunner? Where's this rule written? Well, patience, please. First, some of our listeners in other countries uh, may not have ever heard of Wild E. Coyote 
and the Roadrunner. They're a duo of cartoon characters from the Looney Tunes series of animated cartoons, first appearing back in 1949 and still on TV today. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. Google it to see some of their great adventures. You're going to spoil everything I thought was true about these guys, aren't you? Well, maybe. In his book, Chuck Amuck, The Life and Times of an Animated Cartoonist, author Chuck Jones claims that he and the artists behind the Roadrunner and Wild E. Coyote cartoons adhered to some basic and strict rules. They knew they needed to keep the franchise consistent and predictably unpredictable to keep viewers coming back for more. So... If you look at the reasoning behind these rules for this cartoon, you, as a leader in business, can see how these rules greatly helped to make this cartoon a business success. This is fascinating to me. What are the rules? Well, rule number one, the roadrunner cannot harm the coyote except by going meep, meep. Right. I never saw the roadrunner hurt the coyote directly. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Rule number two, no outside force can harm the coyote. Only his own ineptitude or the failure of an Acme product can do that. (laughs) Here's some others. No dialogue ever except meep, meep from the roadrunner and yowling in pain for the coyote. Let me see that list. Here. There's a rule that the roadrunner must stay on the road for no other reason than that he's a roadrunner. Right. (laughs) Okay. And another rule that all action must be confined to the natural environment of the two characters, the Southwest American desert. Yep. And all tools, weapons, or mechanical conveniences must be obtained from the Acme Corporation. (laughs) Whenever possible, make gravity the coyote's greatest enemy. Uh Uh-huh. And the coyote is always more humiliated than harmed by his failures. And the audience's sympathy must remain with the coyote. It's a rule. Oh, here it is. The last rule. The coyote is not allowed to catch or eat the Roadrunner. Nope. And that makes it enduring and never ending. So if you're looking forward to that, I'm sorry. So those can only be looked at as good rules. Rules that make sense in the context of the goal. There are a lot of rules that seem like they don't make sense in business, and lots of people feel like the rules restrict them and suppress their ability to do their jobs. Yeah, unfortunately, that's true. But we don't think the problem is the rules themselves. It's the reason for the rules that often are not exposed or are unclear, and that causes people to naturally challenge them. When you make rules in business for your employees to follow, we see two versions of presentations used. The first is the list of rules, presenting the rules without illustrating why the rule exists. Presenting rules to people in this fashion is the classic way. It's the step-by-step rule book way, so to speak. Number one, number two, number three. But it's not as effective as presenting rules in a feature benefit fashion. Consider redoing your rules and guidelines list to be more communicative. Start with a purpose statement. Follow that with the rule itself and end with a benefit statement. Here's an example of an old-style step-by-step type rule alongside a new-style purpose rule benefit format. Rule 1. Vacation time off must be approved at least 30 days in advance. Begs the question why. Mm -hmm. Also kind of sounds dictatorial, like maybe your great-grandpa Hammurabi did. He was out (laughs) there doing like that. You would have liked him. Okay, on to the alternative new style. Start with purpose, such as... 
to ensure that you are able to enjoy your future vacation plans without disruption of your teammates' daily work routines. That's good. Follow it up with the rule. And it really doesn't change much, maybe rewritten a little. It's still vacation time off requests require at least 30 days notice. But now we follow that by the benefit statements, such as when you plan a vacation and follow this procedure, you will enjoy knowing that you can leave work behind without burdening your coworkers or affecting the happiness of our customers. It gives the company time to properly arrange for your absence. Plus, you will benefit from this procedure when your fellow co-workers follow it as well. Yeah, it's common sense, right? Yeah, but not to everyone. It, it seems like we would all have the basic rules of business down by now. But these basics have been repeated by reminders in various fashions forever. I found this from the Chicago Telephone Company, Rules for Troublemen, posted October 28, 1911. Uh, Troublemen at that time was a telephone repairman. And for those younger people listening to us, a telephone was a thing that you picked up and you talked to somebody <laughs> on that was usually on the wall in or your on house. a desk on your <laughs> house, right? Right. And you dialed it with your finger or you, you, you punched buttons. You can Google it. Remember, this was 111 years ago. <laughs> this was the Chicago Telephone Company's employees' work rules, essentially their employee handbook, which was obviously created for that time period. But even so, think about these as you relate them to today in your business, but also look at the way they explained the rules. Even then, they used a variation of the purpose rule benefit model we just talked about. There are 23 of these rules. We'll give a few to wet your whistle. To see them all, look for the link in the show notes. They're hilariously accurate. Here's one of those rules from the Chicago Telephone Company. Remember, 1911. Treat everyone as you would like to be treated. And not forgetting your horse. <laughs> really, they wrote that. <laughs> if you want to know the horse's side of it, just take off your coat and hat some zero day. Hit yourself to the same post with your belt and stand there for about two hours. Hereafter, you won't forget his blanket. <laughs> really? I had to look up the expression zero day and I couldn't find a thing except zero day cyber attacks. Uh, yeah, I, it, it's like a, I, I, I think it was an expression for a day off or a day without any pay. Aha. Speaking of old expressions we don't use anymore. Listen to this rule. Put up a good front. It is not necessary to advertise any tailor shop. Neither is it necessary to go about your work looking like a coal heaver. <laughs> Overalls can look as respectable as anything else, but they must at least show they are on speaking terms with the laundry man. And shoes must have a Boeing acquaintance with the boot black. Well, that's a way to write a rule that says... Hey, dress for success. <laughs> oh, gosh. You're right. <laughs> Coal heaver? Coal heaver? <laughs> Coal heaver. Boot black? Yeah. <laughs> I love this one. Go about your business cheerfully and quietly. When you enter a residence, don't overlook the floor mat. If requested to go around to the back door, don't consider yourself insulted, but try to realize that the lady of the house may not have a maid. <gasps> Horror. And is only trying to save work for herself. Say good morning or evening. It doesn't cost anything. And it shows you started out right at home. These are real. I mean, these were <laughs> real work rules. And they explain what's going on. And they're serious about customer care and quality work. 
Rule 9 states, it's not necessary to tell the lady of the house that her telephone is worn out and no good. She may think so herself. Tell her that her telephone is as good as anybody else's and back it up by making it so. Notice again the purpose, rule, benefit style that they used here. And back in that day, nobody questioned the rules. They just followed them at work. But these leaders had the foresight to know that a little dose of reasoning will help employees understand and want to follow the guidelines and the rules. Rules in business are needed to make them effective and for them to be followed. It's all in the presentation. Okay, one last rule from the Chicago Telephone Company. Pick your favorite. Oh, that's an easy one. Uh, It's rule 23. It says, if you don't like your job, resign. It'll be better for you and the company. Thanks very much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Who needs rules anyway? More and more people listen each week just because of you spreading the word about our My Job Here is Done podcast. Dave and I thank you very much for telling a friend about us. And please tell that friend they can follow us anywhere and everywhere podcasts are available using their favorite app or at our website, myjobhereisdone.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah. Meet me. <laughs> I'm the announcer guy, and I sound as good as the story you just listened to. My Job Here is Done is a podcast production of 2.0 LLC. Thank you and your awesome ears for listening. Want to get involved? Have your own special story to share? Tell us all about it, and you might get some airtime, just like me. Browse over to myjobhereisdone.com. Yeah, squish that all together into one word, and look for the My Story link. Until next time, my job here is done. Meep, meep. Meep, meep. Meep, 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 meep. Everybody wang chung tonight. I don't know why that stupid sucks in my head. <laughs> I have a can of blow air. <laughs> Compre- co- compressed air, whatever the heck you call it. Do you want that? No, no, okay. we're good. All right. <laughs> Wouldn't want you to detach that from your body and not be able to talk. What are you talking oh, Shut up. <laughs> Love it when the big anvil would, is it an anvil? The what do big, you mean? It, it would be like the big thing that looked like an anchor. Isn't that called an anvil? Okay. Did you what love did it? What do? It would come down from the cliff and go right onto the coyote's head. Yeah. And they, he, it he would always, be ordered from the Acme. Right. The Acme company. Acme something. Acme. Acme because it starts with an A and then it, the next letter is a C. Right. That's why. They used to list one that so they would name companies that start with an A and then have another letter that's close to A in the alphabet. So that would be listed first in the phone book. Are you kidding me? No, you didn't know that. Really? Yes. Well, I just learned something new today. I'll tell you what. I'm a wealth of information. You're welcome. Aha!